Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Kenyan Gunas podcast with me, Omar Bashir and Ahmed Manafa. Ahmed, uh, I don't know if it's a good afternoon, but I'll just say good afternoon to you. Well, uh, it isn't really, it hasn't been a good morning, it hasn't been a good afternoon either. <laughs> I have to say the weather in Nairobi is perfectly, uh, um, it is what speaking my mood shall we say it's very gloomy very dark it's, it was raining a bit earlier so that's basically how i'm feeling but i would add a bit of a thunder and lightning because i'm also quite pissed yeah i mean well, i don't have that weather i mean it's it's just sunny and kind of uh, <laughs> for me um yeah, it's it's not been good. Um, uh, I I just wanna I don't I don't even know what I I have to say about this game because I'm just so <laughs> angry and disappointed. Yeah. And, yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, let's talk let's about just, the game. Yeah, let's just talk about the game. The lineups. Just, uh, lineups. Um, I was actually very pleased with the lineup. I thought that was. Um, Sort of the way we should move forward. Um, yeah. 4-3-3. Um, I like the makeup of the midfield. I I liked uh, Danny Sabayos. Uh, I was I actually texted you before the game saying I was very interested to see how he was going to play. Um, I think um, I th- we thought that Saka would start on the right, but it would seem that he started on the left and Obama, Obama on the right. And... I will speak how that actually played out, but I thought when the lineups came out, I was I had a good feeling about it. What about you? Yeah, uh, we talked about this before the game, and uh, we were quite excited actually with the four-three-three possibility. Uh, Again, we talked about this with the Saka maybe on the right, Obamang on his uh, left-sided position, and uh, Saka playing on the right because. you know, is is not new, so that's what we expected. He actually played there against Leicester at home last season, and he did quite well. Mm. I don't know if you remember that uh, his his assist. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good assist, like, uh, fantastic yeah. goal. It's sort of actually, if you think about it, it is very similar to the goal that Leicester scored. Uh, Leicester mm. Leicester scored us uh, a very good yeah. goal from midfield. Uh, Saka yeah. uh, played the cross into Ramen and he scored. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, so overall, I have to say the lineup was pretty good. Uh, Pate starting, that was lovely to see. Um, Ceballos, uh, my view was that Ceballos would actually start deeper because I don't think he plays well if he's on the right-hand side. And of course, the left-hand side would definitely have been occupied by Shaka, uh, they, there's no moving him from that position. Well, uh, the best in that position in Arsenal. So, yeah, I wanted to see Ceballos deeper. I think he offers more from, from there. But uh, I think I was proven right somehow in as the game wore on. Uh, given that Ceballos didn't actually play that well. In yeah, here's the thing. He was fixed. Here's the thing about Ceballos. I was very, it was because I, I said I was very interested to see how he was going to play, and I was watching him a lot in the first half. And Mikel Arteta was telling him to play very wide uh, on the right hand side, mm. and was telling Oba to sort of like drift in, and that uh, it didn't really bring out the breast in Ceballos. Um, he was often isolated. Uh, you know, standing next to the chalk line, he really mm. didn't look a part of the attack, if you're asking okay. me. And I thought yeah. that move to put him on that side was sort of like a, 
a defensive move in sort of that when Aubameyang has gone inside or has tried to uh, develop uh, attacking situations, uh, that Sebastian is sort of like the fail-safe in case the move breaks down. So I felt that was a very negative way to play Sebastian. I wouldn't have played it in that way. Um, so I was sort of disappointed because um, I think what we've seen from Sebastian this season is that he's very... Uh, his his forward pass. We've even talked about it before. His forward passing has, I think, improved, and I was hoping to see a bit more of that well, against a lesser team, who started with the low block. Yeah, but whenever he, but whenever you see Sebastian, uh, whenever we've seen him play this well, it's when he starts usually in like the cent- center of the park, you know, uh, starting from deep, moving the ball up, you know, he has the, this uh, ball progression. He likes to do it. He enjoys what he, what he does when he plays in that uh, uh, position that, let, let me say, party was in most of the game. Yeah, and, but... Uh, uh... I think shifting him out wide would have, would, uh, as it happened, uh, just kind of his ability because that that wasn't the best way to get Sebastian into the game. In yeah, opinion. I sort of agree with you in that I think when, when he plays the center of the park, there's more progression of him. But I think my biggest contention with his performance is that he was asked to do those things. It was not like he was put mm-hmm. there and he sort of like, you know, defaulted into that sort of style of play. He was told to play out mm. wide. You know, he could have been an attacking force. He could have been playing in the in the channels. And we could have mm. had Aubameyang go inside the box. And then we have Bellerin on the overlap. So you have Ceballos covering. You have Partey covering. I mean, there was so much we could have done offensively on that position, in my view. But I think we focused so much on, on Leicester's uh, counter, which I think didn't really mm. play out, especially in the first half. So I think that was a bit of uh, giving Leicester a bit of too much respect, especially we're playing at home. Mm. Um, you know, we, we are the ones who were to bring the initiative. Um, I just felt that that was very... Um, and, uh, we've, we've been seeing this a lot from Mikel, I would mm. say, this sort of uh, pragmatism against these teams when you know we're playing at home ideally you want to see people playing football like with the handbrake off just going for it you know trying to create trying to get the the goals trying to feed feed the attackers that we have and we have some good attackers who game in game out we we see now that they've been lacking service so I I don't know I just was uh, really really annoyed with how the game turned out, uh, but but let's talk about it uh, how how the game started we we had a goal disallowed. Yeah, I I don't understand that I don't understand I think uh, I think I don't know why Arsenal seems to be sort of like a learning point for such things because. I don't think we've seen a goal disallowed in that sort of nature. And what I will see now, uh, we'll have that goal become a topic of con- of contention. And when the next time when that happens, the team that will do that will get will be re- awarded the goal. So I just think it's it's really really poor refereeing. And I just like to say on the VAR issue, on the VAR issue, a lot of people uh, around the world basically. They say VR is a bad system, it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. But you can't blame technology. Technology is not the problem here. And I think that's where people are not focusing on. The problem is that yeah, the, 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 people, the, the referees, the referees in yeah. England are simply not good enough because you cannot keep on getting mistake after mistake week after week, mm. and you keep on uh, blaming the system. It, it doesn't make sense. Mm. The system is only as good as the people who use it. And I think mm. we, or a lot of people, are not giving the, the, the referees enough criticism for this because they need to up their game. These are the sort of decisions that, that cost points. They cost, they cost, yeah. they cost, they cost the team uh, value points 
who knows how much this result could damage uh, our 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 season uh, come May. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm really mad about the VR decision. I'm more mad about why we couldn't create uh, more chances for our offensive for our players. But then again, when the referees can do their job, it makes things a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and it's really the inconsistency of it all, you know, with the referees. Uh, just this week, the game uh, Chelsea against uh, Man United when Harry Maguire had this uh, basically a headlock on, on a Chelsea player. I think it was Jorginho. I'm not too sure. He basically had this uh, Chelsea player in a headlock in, in the box and it wasn't even looked at. And oh, they have the audacity to tell us the reason why our goal wasn't given was that Shaka was impeding play when clearly, and it's it's so clear that it, it's like, I, I'll bring back this phrase that we, we, we've used before. He was caught in 4K. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Shaka was nowhere near the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper was already moving away towards the ball. Like he, he was going to parry that ball away from, from Lacazette. And Shaka was nowhere near the keeper. So when you tell me that Shaka was impeding the goalkeeper's view, was impeding the play, I want to say how. How does the referee in the VAR room see that and say Shaka was impeding play? You know, I think even uh, Damot Gallagher, who, who, who comes on to, the, uh, to discuss at uh, halftime with uh, Ian Wright and, and the likes, he, he was at a loss because he couldn't explain. He, he actually just uh, shifted the blame and he was like, uh, this is information that I, I, I'm just passing on to you. Uh, it's not me who made the decision. I'm just telling you what they, they are saying. And Ian Wright was right to question why aren't they talking to the referees who make these decisions? Why do they why do they have to have an in? Why aren't the referees who make these decisions being held responsible in real time? You know, I mean. Yeah, I think I think as well. There was a time uh, Pep Guardiola. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Pep Guardiola, but I was I was really I agreed with him on this point. He said. I mean, referees make mistakes, uh, whether they're in the VR room or they're on the pitch, and then you come and ask the questions to the manager. You know, mm-hmm. he says, I'm not the one who made the mistakes. Go and ask the people who make the mistakes, why they made those mistakes. And mm-hmm. I think we need to hold these referees to account. And, mm-hmm. and uh, unless this situation is actually seriously looked at by the people in England, this problem is going to keep on going on and people are going to be yeah. foolishly blaming the VR. And I say foolishly because you need to just look at the facts and the facts are that English referees are just not good enough. Definitely. Uh, I, I don't really know what more to say on that. Uh, it, it, it just started off what was an evening to forget basically. Uh, this uh, refereeing decision that was absolutely horrible um and then we we actually tried to to play in the first half especially the first half an hour i would say we were creating a lot um moving on from that uh lacazette had um, another howler of a game um he would i don't know i don't know listen <laughs> I think, listen here's my thing on lacazette huh? Uh, I'm having a lot mm. of hot takes today. Lacazette, <laughs> throughout his career, all right, has been a mm. player who thrives on movement and who thrives in the penalty box. Now, this player has been asked to be, be something totally different than he is. He's been asked to press. That is fine. But he's receiving the ball 40, 50 yards away from goal. And then he is asked mm. to be within the six-yard box two seconds later. Right? Okay, you can complain maybe his lack of athleticism, but is that the sort of player that no, he is? That's that's not exactly fine. It, okay, you know, fine. Wait, I'm, I'm not, I'm not done balls, yet. There's some I'm not done balls. yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm. How many chances does 
let, let forget Lacazette. How many chances does a striker at Arsenal Football Club get in a game? One, one and a half, maybe two at most. These people are human beings. Okay? You cannot give a striker two chances and one that he misses, we're all on about him. And I think that's what we, we've done this a lot with Lacazette. Right? We've done this a lot with Lacazette over the last 18 months. He gets, you know, scraps uh, in terms of chances, in my opinion. And when he doesn't convert them, we lambast him. All right? If you put, like, if you put Abame in those positions, he might convert a bit more because he is a better player. Yes, I agree. But his conversion rate will not drastically improve from Lacazette if he plays in Lacazette's position as well. Lacazette's predicament is all about how our chance creation in this team has dissipated over the last three years. Uh, Mikel Arteta keeps on talking about how we need to be very clinical. And I completely agree. But you can't give your strikers or your players two, three chances in a game and say you have to score two goals. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why do Liverpool or Man City score five goals, four goals in a game? Because they create 25 chances. They create, they create many chances. Because you know these are human beings. They're going to miss two. But they, if you give them six chances, they'll miss three. They'll score two. And that's good. That's fine. But you can't give, I don't care how good you are, if you give somebody two chances in a game and he misses two chances and you say he's not good enough, I, I, I'm not buying it. And I think we need to realize the fact that our forward players are not getting enough chances. We have a forward line worth almost 200 million pounds and we can't create any chances for them and that's criminal. That is what we should be discussing about. Not that's how bad Lacazette on is. That. Look, I have to say as well, Lacazette mm -hmm. has been on uh, a really bit of a downward spiral. I have to agree on that. I have to agree on that. But the way that we play our football has not been in a way to get him out of that spiral. Okay. Um, can, can I have my uh, points through yeah, right sure. now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with Lacazette, what happened is, first of all, I agree with you that we haven't been creating enough chances. That that's been the sort of uh, game that we've been playing. Uh, our chances are few and far between. So definitely, we haven't been getting a lot out of the strikers or of or throughout the forward line that we have, which is criminal, as you've rightly pointed out. But yesterday we did start out the stronger team. We had, at the end of the first half, we, we've, we'd created uh, 11 attempts. And it's not just that, it's uh, most of the play, even if, fine, he doesn't get to, the, to, to where he's supposed to be in, in the box later, most of the play that went through Lacazette usually broke down. And just yesterday, I'm usually actually a fan of Lacazette. If you remember before the game, I actually texted you and I was excited to see Lacazette playing again because he, mm. he'd been dropped out from Kerti a couple of times. What, what happened is, I don't know why, uh, most of the play that went through him just broke down. And usually we, we see him usually hold the play where... Um, he turns the ball to to uh, other players around him. He he does this well. So yesterday, I think, was an off day. Uh, aside from that, I do agree with you that he's been starved of chances, so he for a lot. But, yeah, I, I don't think he had a good game yesterday, regardless of what you say that, mm. that with the chance creation and everything. I agree. Uh, I he agree. just didn't have a he looked clumsy. He looked. Um, yes. He was getting into a lot of challenges. Um, um, he looked winded. I don't know why he didn't even play. Did he play on Thursday? Well, he didn't. No, he didn't. He looked, I don't, I don't know. He looked he tired. He just looked tired. He didn't have a good game. I absolutely agree. Um, I just, I just think. Um, 
the issue of chance creation, I think, is 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 a, a big big problem, and the, yeah, uh, people have talked about questioned. it. I think people have talked about it in terms of Mikel Arteta's team, but I have to actually mm. go back to to around three years ago when Arsene Wenger was still the manager. You cannot sell, you cannot let go of Thomas Rosicki, Jack Wilshere, mm. Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Ozil, and not replace a single one of them. All those players that I've mentioned who are creative players in our team have not been replaced at all. And I think that in itself creates this sort of problem that we have. And this problem is not only Mikel Arteta's. This problem is come about by Unai Emery. This problem has been brought about by Arsene Wenger himself. This problem has been brought about the recruitment system that we've had over the last couple of years because we do not seem to have a plan on how we're playing. You buy Lacazette for 50 million pounds. Four months later, you buy Aubameyang for 60 million pounds. These are two different strikers. So how do you end up fitting in them? How do you end up fitting them in the team? So we end up shoehorning these players because they are our talented players, but it doesn't balance. The team is not balanced when both of them play. So I think even uh, Mikel Ateta needs to make a decision. All right. And I think your the way that you have invested your money, I think uh, um, um, Clive on the Arsenal Visual podcast, I was listening last night, he was saying, you need to make a decision on who or on, on terms of how you've invested your money. All right. Yeah. We have invested in our striker, our captain, Pierre Kembamangian yeah. has given him a three-year deal. We've invested in uh, Nicolas Pepe. Is given uh, for a five-year deal. So play those players. Build the system around them. Put Pepe on the right. Put Oba in the middle. And put somebody on the left. Put Saka. Put William. All right? Put someone who can create for them. Put put Ceballos in an advanced position. I'm not saying that's the one that's going to win us the league. But it's certainly better than what we're doing. And I think offensively, Mikel Arteta is here to find the right system. And I'm just not convinced uh, as of yet what he's going to do about it. Look. I think Mikel Arteta is, is probably the manager that we, we he is the right man for the job. I think he with him we can win Premier League title, maybe a Champions League title in the next couple of years. But he really, really needs to fix that uh, offensive play. There is nothing going on there. Um, pe- teams have started to figure us out. They know that we are able to play out from the back so they don't really press us. Um, from the front, they let us have the ball. They know that we don't have chance creation. They know that our defense doesn't have pace. You see with the goal as well. So they just, you know, I think what also annoyed a lot of people, and certainly what annoyed me is that the ease at which Leicester, uh, you know, put their plan into action. It was so simple. They didn't even really have to go into third or fourth gear, really. You know, they just put in a, a mid to low block, you know. Um, yeah. for like 70 minutes, put Vardy in, and then he scored the winner. I mean, that's so basic. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, uh, you know, Louise went off, it hampered our chances. You know, Saka also went off injured. If your greatest chance creation is coming from a 19-year-old <laughs> and a centre-back, <laughs> then I think that in itself speaks problems. And I think that's what even annoys me even more. Yeah, um... Uh, as to what you said about our game plan being figured out, I think it, it's our game plan under Arteta has been really, really simple. Just play out from, from the back and then counter-attack. Because what happened is we we used to have a shaky defense and teams used to press us mm. and uh, encourage basically our back line to, to make mistakes. And we had the players who would make mistakes. Right now, we've had a somewhat better defense. Um, uh, most of them, almost all of them, can now play out of the back with confidence. So it's been really hard to press us from the front, um, aside from maybe a team like Liverpool, who are just like on steroids, who just come at you, and uh, maybe Man City on their day. Um, so what's happened is, now teams have gone back to the way they used to play against Arsenal and that, that is to just sit back, close the gaps, just 
basically not do anything. And, and you could see that with Leicester uh, last night. Uh, they basically came out and said, oh, we're just going to sit here. You you try and do what you can because they know that Arsenal right now are mostly a counter-attacking side. They have no one to break the lines and that's what they did. They just came there to sit and they were happy to do it. Uh, they were not uh, pressured at all. I don't think, as you said, they never left second or third gear. They they were just there. They they were enjoying themselves themselves doing nothing for most of the game. And they basically used our tactic against us because that ball over the top to their uh, winger into their striker. That's what we that's what we usually do because uh, we've seen that a lot. A ball from Shaka or Luis into maybe Saka or Pepe who finds Aubameyang or Lacazette. You know, that, that's basically how we've been playing. And mm. that, that's the game plan that they used against us. So it's, it's strange, you know, um, having uh, an Arsenal side. I said this before in the, in the last podcast, having an Arsenal side with a solid defense, but an absolutely non-existent, basically attack and it's just weird i've been bored watching some of these arsenal games Mm. and i'm not used to this and it's just well it's an improved defense but going forward it's just bad and ateta definitely needs to uh, try and figure something out um, I think he needs to stop shoehorning these players, trying to give them, you know, if players in, in offense have fixed roles, they can only do so much. If if you refuse players to maybe move into the parkway, this space, um, just if you want them to stay in their fixed positions, it makes the attack very, very predictable for your opponents. And it's very easy to break down. Fofana for Leicester had a, a, had an absolutely magnificent game because we were very uh, predictable because that ball over the top, <laughs> he would just see it all the time because that's the only thing we were doing. And yeah, uh, it, it's just very frustrating to watch us right now because we, we, we lack ideas basically. in What I'd like to see from, from Mikel Ateta um, is... Look, we, I know he has to deliver results. Um, we are out of the Champions League, I don't know for how many years, so we need to get back in there ASAP. What I'd like to see from him is investing in that future. Okay, we cannot keep on um, insisting on, on people or players who are clearly not good enough to play for us and are clearly not part of the future. I cannot understand why a player who is on his final year of his contract is playing or is in the squad and you have a player that you signed for 30 million pounds is not in the squad. In this case, I'm referring to Mushkodan Mustafi and William Saliba. (laughs) I would rather have Saliba make the mistake that Mustafi did because he would learn from it and he is the future then have Mustafi do that mistake because he looks the same, same player that we bought five years ago. And I think uh, Arsene Wenger summed it up well. A lot, of play, a lot of managers don't want to risk playing young centre-backs because they know they will make mistakes. You need to have the courage to say, look, I know Saliba will make four or five mistakes this season. But then next year, mm-hmm. he'll make two, two mistakes. And the following year, he'll make none mistakes and he'll be a colossal defender for us. You need to have that courage. And I think Mikel Ateta needs to get out of that um, entrapment of, of safety and, 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 and really, you know, um, push on. And I think that comes from, as well from, from Guardiola. I think Guardiola, in terms of his offensive play, I think man, people rave about Man City. But if you look at them, they're not that exciting to watch if you actually think about it, because they're very structured in their offensive play as well. They move the ball around in a horseshoe sort of system, and then they try to get it up the wings and then uh, cross it uh, into a, 
into the area. I mean, how many goals have we seen scored by Man City like that? So many. That's by design. It's not by by fluke. Mm. So I think we need to have a bit of spontaneous movement, especially in our midfield. I'm not saying let's go gung-ho. I mean, we do have mm. the players. You have Partey, you have Shaka. Fine, let them sit. Give Sabayos the movement mm. and the freedom to move around so that he can pick the pass. And his movement will trigger the movement of Aubameyang, Pepe, and whoever is playing on that side. Um, And as well, stop uh, treating our best players, you know, badly. (laughs) Treating, what I I mean by that is like, we have the best striker, one of the best strikers in the world in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And he does not play as a striker. He is playing as a winger on the left. I, look, I've yeah. said I don't, I don't yeah. mind him playing on the left, honestly. I think it's, mm. it's not that bad. Mm. But you're, you're putting him there in the expense of a player who's not giving you much at the moment in terms of Pierrick, in terms of Lacazette or in Ketia, mm. you know, who mm. in playing in the middle. So or you're putting him even on the right, as we saw last night. And as well, yeah. Pepe. You know, you put Pepe, you tell him to play wide right. He's not a wide player, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. we're giving Pepe the ball and he's told, look, there are six players in front of you, try and beat them and get a shot on or try and assist. That's not the sort of player he is. He has never been that player and he's never going to be that player. Pepe is a, is a player who thrives on space, running in behind, and we need to find him in those sort of situations. Like we saw against Leicester when he scored the winner. Those are the sort of situations we need to get Pepe in. And it annoys me that we do we we just misuse our our talent. We just misuse our talent, you know, in in a, in a way which I, I I just can't understand. And of, I think defensively, Arteta has has sort of sorted that problem out. I think, I think now yeah. his biggest issue is trying to figure out what we're gonna do offensively because I cannot see how we are going to survive this season or how rather we are going to achieve our goals this season with how we are playing offensively look he tried to he yeah, tried to um, he tried to do that with uh, signing Owa that didn't happen for one reason or another so you you you've got to give him flack uh, slack for that but i mean we we should be doing much more with the sort of players that we have yeah um I think I don't know. This this is not a defense of the way we've been playing, but uh, I think I alluded to it before. Um, Ateta's decisions have, uh, since he's come on, have basically been influenced by what was going on before at Arsenal, and um, he has addressed most of the issues in a short period of time because. Mm-hmm. When when you look at us, uh, just a year ago, I would say, uh, before Atleta joined, and a year before that, uh, we've had one of uh, the weakest defenses in the league, um, just conceding a lot of goals and just performing poorly in defense in in the transitions of the ball when when we lose the ball, and teams used to just take advantage of that. So Arteta's decisions since he's come on have, have basically been to show up that defense, which he has done, and it, what a way he's done it in, I mean, with the players that he's had. And I think right now, I, I really want to see more out of, uh, more coming from him because uh, I, I really do think he's addressed that defense as best as he can right now. And what I want to see now is more from him in terms of the attacking side. Just, you, you said it, um, let, the, let some of these players who we have, who are very talented, play in the positions that they can play in. You know, let them do what they can do. Stop giving them these fixed roles where they, they feel like um, they, they, they can't really do much. I mean, they cannot do as much as is asked of them in those roles. They can't give that uh, maybe percent more 
because if if you look at the players we have, they they can definitely do more. Ceballos, we've already seen him do a lot, a lot more. And mm-hmm. yesterday, the way he was played, I mean, the way he was forced to play by Arteta in, in that position, just basically was like saying, today I don't want to see anything else from you other than defense. And just you just sit here and do nothing else. Just try and support, but don't do anything else. And that's that's really frustrating. Same with Obama. You know what he can do. You know the player he is on the left and uh, when he starts up top. But yesterday, again, he was started on the right, which is a whole different thing. I mean, yes, he's played there before. And yes, fine, you you want to see the same from him uh, as he does on the left. But that's not the player he is. I mean, he's our striker, but he's our most uh, productive forward. And yet he's the one create. You want to create chances on the wing at the same time. So what what is he supposed to do? Cross the ball and then run in the box and then score the ball that, that he crossed. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> it's just too much from Ateta. This is too much experimenting. I think it's it's very straightforward. We have the player now uh, in party to help us in that uh, midfield to show up that defense. Uh, Pate, Shaka, I think, can sit there, as you said, uh, do nothing else. If you want to give players specific roles, those are the players you assign roles to. Mm. And then the forward line, let it be fluid, let it be creative, let it move around, be unpredictable, be spontaneous, as you said. Just get into it. uh, I don't know. The the game that I saw yesterday, it just made me angry i mean there's no other word for it i, I was just angry I, you know i didn't finish the game mm. after the after they scored i watched around five minutes more and i was like this is it there's nothing more coming and i left <laughs> yeah i so, mean yeah. i think it, it needs it needs i think uh when to do to to play the football that we want to see it needs courage and i think the players the manager, they need to be courageous enough to see, look, we have to take some risks. You cannot play offensive football and not have risks. You have to have the risks. What we just need to do that we make sure that there are calculated risks, there are mitigated risks that if it does break down, we have a system that we can do that. And we have mm. both Thomas Partey, we bought Gabriel, right? We are playing them. Play William Saliba. Right, he's a very good. He's an, a 19-year-old centre back who's very good on the ball. He's very quick. He's very good in the air. Play him, play him. He is going to be our risk mitigating factor. If he makes the mistakes, that's fine. We can live with it. If 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 William Saliba makes a mistake when he plays, nobody's going to have a problem with that because he's saying, look, he's only 19 years old. I think we are all yeah. mature enough to understand that. Yeah. But if you have Mustafi making those mistakes, if you have Louise making those mistakes, then you, you and Louise has a one-year contract. Mustafi's contract mm-hmm. is running out in the summer. All right. And you're playing those players, you're giving those players minutes over giving Saliba minutes. We didn't put Saliba in the Europa League uh, squad. Look how that's affected um, our options in that competition. Um, I don't think he's played a game this year, has he? He hasn't, has he? He played in the preseason, I think That's, that was it. And, yeah, uh, the season, he's not played a game this season. He's not played a game, all right? And I don't think he's going <laughs> to play a game because he's not in the Europa League squad. In the Carabao Cup, we have mm-hmm. Man City away. I don't know, Man City home or away, I don't know. He's not going to play that. Mikel Ateta, I don't think, trusts him enough to do that because you can't have a player who, everybody who saw him, thinks that he's a fantastic player and he's going to go to the top, right? He played with Wesley Fofana mm. and everybody says mm. <laughs> William Saliba is the far superior player than to Wesley Fofana. And yet Wesley Fofana yeah. is starting for Leicester and gives a performance like that at a, at a, at a, at a big away mm. game. And you're telling me that William mm. Saliba isn't ready. I don't believe mm. that. I don't believe that. Look, we've talked about his personal issues and that's fine. But the best way to, to, to get the player out is not by keeping him and honing him away at London Colony. He needs to be on the pitch. Mm. He needs to play. 
And that's the only yeah. way you can get the best out of these players. And I just think same goes to, to Nicola Pepe as well. Mm. Let him play. Give him yeah. that opportunity. When, when you, and, and put him player, in positions where he can affect the game. Pepe, I mean, we, we've been expecting um, some consistency for, from him, but yet he's not being played consistently. So how is he supposed to... Find, find that bit of form that you're looking for. One, he's not being played consistently. And two, he's not being played in a way that he's supposed to be played. All right? Mm. So it's like playing John Terry in a high line. You know, he's one of the greatest defenders of all time. But if you play John Terry in a <laughs> high line, you're going to see a dismal performance from him. It's the same way you're putting mm. Pepe on the chalk line. You're putting him in a situation where he's surrounded by three or four players. He's not going to do anything. He's not Lionel Messi. He's not. Mm. We're, we're trying to turn him into a player that he is not. And we need to give him the balls in the situations. The same way that we give the... Um, we see Man City the way they use Leroy Sané. That's the mm. same, same way Arsenal should be using Nicola Pepe. Give him the ball in space create yeah. 1v1 situations for him, then you'll see the Nicola Pepe yeah. that we bought for 72 million pounds. Otherwise, you're going to see in different performances from him. Yeah. I, I think what we've gotten from this game is we need to do a lot better, a lot fast. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a disrupting game and the less that can be said about it, the better, I think. We, I think we need to move on from it quick. Um, yeah, are, are we playing in midweek? Yeah, we've got, we've got a Europa League game um, against Dundalk or something like that. So that's on Thursday. Um, and then we've got United away. So that should be fun as well. <laughs> yeah. Should be a lot of fun, but we haven't won. We still haven't won away from home in five years, have we? Against the top six. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know if that's so, yeah. Look, uh, we're mourning here, but if we go out and be united away, everybody forgets about the Leicester results. So, um, but I think um, the frustrations today are not because of the Leicester game. I think they are because of what we've been seeing very consistently for Arsenal this season mm-hmm. in terms of a lack of mm-hmm. uh, chance creation. So I think, uh, I don't yeah. know, let's end part one on that. Uh, we'll come back to part two. This is something else so. you want to discuss. Sure. No, no, no. Okay, uh, we will be back with part two right after this. Welcome back to part two of the Kenya Gunas podcast. You can follow us on our various social media sites on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Kenya Gunas Pod. Ahmed, I have a question from you. It's on Twitter. It comes from Suhail. From me. From you. At... You said from me. I did. No, sorry. I did not. <laughs> okay, it's for you, for us rather. Uh-huh. Uh, it comes from Twitter, from Suhail, at Suhail Salah underscore. He says, is the 4-3-3 the right way forward for Arsenal considering the players that they're available or is it time for Arteta to stick to the formation he's been using all along? Um, listen, that, that's they, there's a lot to unpack in, in those two formations. I think um, looking back we, we've seen with Arteta that the 3-4-3 three, three or whatever hybrid formation that he's been using has worked for him and it's worked for him in, in very good fashion. Um, but what we would like, I think, as fans or as uh, people who've been watching football for a while now, mm. um, we we do want to see more of the 4-3-3 three, three because... Um, the previous formation, while it had its benefits um, uh, in in defense, in 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 trying to maybe uh, stabilize the the amount of opportunities we gave away to to opposition, um, the four three three would be better 
because it offers more going forward and that's what we want to see more of yesterday was somewhat of a failed experiment i would say um, because i think some of those players were playing in positions maybe that uh, ateta put them in positions that didn't uh, fit the player profile um so i do expect him to uh, persist with the 433 um i want to see the 433 persist because it will offer more um going forward so yeah um while the 343 or whatever hybrid formation because i can't really say it's a 343 because it, or a 5 uh whatever <laughs> it, it was a hybrid formation so yeah. yeah so i think the 433 in itself with tata is is a hybrid formation because um if, if we look at yesterday's game as an example um shaka used to drop back a lot to cover that uh, quarterback co- kind of position that he used to when uh, ateta started uh, i don't know if you picked that up yeah yeah um Pate just uh, sat ahead of the defense, so it was basically still a back three because uh, Bellerin and Tierney would push up uh, most of the time. So, um, yeah, I do want to see more of the four-three-three um, in in Atata's hybrid uh, fashion. I think it is overall the better formation for us. We do have the players. I just think yesterday the, the players were not used in the way that they were supposed to. I think it was too... Um, the players were too too much into their roles. I mean, they just if you, if you listen back in... Like, if we talked about this in part one, where the players should have a bit more freedom to move away from the positions that they've been set in that creates a bit of spontaneity in, in the movement, um, in attack. So that's what we want to see. The 433 definitely is the better option for us. Yeah, um, I'm sort of inclined to agree with you. I think we do have the players to play in that system. And I think uh, when Arteta came, we were playing a sort of a 4231, uh, basically a 433. Um, Ozil, I think, was uh playing uh, in that uh, role that Ceballos was playing i remember he was being put on the right hand side as well but i think he of course he's very very creative so he did create uh, situations um of offensive uh note uh, i would say um when he played so obviously he's not an option anymore i think not until at least until january <laughs> So it leaves us with uh, a slightly um, difficult situation. Um, I don't want to get into the Ozil situation uh, again. I think it's just exhausting. I think uh, there's a lot to unpack from that situation. Um, Who is speaking the truth? I don't think anybody. I think everybody is intertwining the truth with a bit of falsehood. So I just don't want to get into it. What I will say is that we do lack creativity. And I think 4-3-3 is the right way to address that situation, but its application last night was not how you get creative. I think you need to put Sabayos closer to Lacazette and put Lacazette Mm. more into the penalty box or whoever is playing striker uh, Mm. into the box. Get Pepe into the spaces in behind. Uh, Have Bellerin play in that midfield zone. He's got the passing. He's got the athleticism to play mm-hmm. there. Play him there. Push Sebayo uh, centrally and more advanced. You've got uh, Pate who can sit. You know, you've, you can have Saka on the left-hand side. You can have William on the left-hand side. It will bring more balance to the team. It's, it's just how um, he wants to integrate this team and how much you want to get the best out of your players. If he does that, I think uh, we we can be okay. Um, if if we if we get our offensive act together, I think we can get top four. But right now, um, I don't think we can. Not because of uh, we'll be conceding a lot of goals, but because I don't think we'll be have a lot of 
chances to score goals. You look in the Premier League, there have been so many goals uh, everywhere in all the games, except Arsenal exactly. games, you know, maybe, and probably West Brom. I mean, just look at, that's the sort of company that we're keeping in terms of chance creation. So I think that needs to drastically, drastically improve. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. Well, okay, um, let me ask you this question. Um, mm-hmm. How would you, um, with the current players that we have, registered in the, Sorry. with uh, the, the, um, the the kind of players that we have in our squad how mm. would you line up what's your ideal formation and who would play in these positions um, I would stick with the 4-3-3 that we have right now um, mm. currently with the players we are seeing uh, with the, in the back line uh, Bellerin uh, Luis, Gabriel, or uh, Holding when he's fit. Uh, Gabriel and uh, Tierney, that, that's the back four. Um, in in the middle of the pack, this is where it gets interesting because we have party right now. Mm-hmm. So I would play uh, a kind of inverted for inverted three where it's party and Shaka sitting together and then Sabayas ahead of them. And then uh, Sebas, obviously, with the license to roam, where he can come down, giving uh, space for party maybe to move up or, you know, uh, just Sebas maybe moving the ball up uh, from, like, an interchanging fashion. Mm-hmm. I think I, I talked to you about this before. Yeah. Um, and then with the forward line, I want to see Pepe, Obamayang, and Saka. And maybe Martinelli, when he was fit, maybe he, he features somewhere in there. That's what I want to see. I, I want to see us like just trying to take, a, uh, just trying to be a bit more adventurous with our formation, with our lineups, with uh, um, the players that we are picking, just to to push teams with with pace. Because um, I think the the kind of uh, football that's being played right now, we need players with the speed and and physicality and um if if you're looking for speed Lacazette does not offer that because uh, right now if if teams sit deep against you there's no real there's not really an option for moving the ball forward fast um with with Lacazette in there because he will slow down the play because he tends to come in deep to collect the ball and then try and move it uh, to to the wide players, uh, what I want to see is uh, these uh, faster players, um, better players. I would say uh, at moving the ball. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what I want to see: a four-three-three with uh, an inverted kind of three in midfield, and then the other three just interchanging as well with Obamian maybe drifting uh, left, you know, as uh, Henry used to do. Uh, to to leave space for the other players uh, who who uh, will be runners up ahead. Pepe coming in, maybe making runs. Saka coming in, or Martinelli coming in, making runs. You know, th- uh, that's what I want to see. Just a bit more fluidity in in, in the forward line. Um. Yeah. Um. That sounds good, actually. Um. I I would go the four three three as well. Um, same back four as you said. Uh, though I would like to see more of Saliba. I think Saliba should be our centre back on the bench, um, or holding, or both. I think uh, those are the players that we should be focusing on. Rob Holding, William Saliba should be the guys who now um, um, should be getting the minutes instead of anybody else in that position. Um, I'd have Pate and Shaka as well, but uh, in, I'd have um, because of um, I think yours the way you said you have the two holding that makes sense, but I don't think um, Arteta would like to do that. I think Tierney offers a lot overlapping, so he'd want him to overlap. So I'd have, I'd maybe have Shaka playing sort of that same sort of left centre back role that he had. And then we'd, I'd have Partey playing as the holding midfielder. And then I would have 
Bellerin instead of him overlapping, I'd have him as the as the uh, sort of like the second midfielder. Um, mm. Sorry, on that uh, left hand, on that right hand side. And then I'd have Pepe on the right, but I'd have him towards the inside um, uh, rather than on the on the touchline. I'd have Ceballos as well. I'd have um, um, Oba play as central as, as a striker, and then Saka or William on the left hand side. I think that in itself would constitute for me. A balanced team, which uh, is which caters for the the, the in case of a breakdown of offense, and I think also offensively, you have a lot going on. On the left hand side, you have overlapping Tierney, so he has the freedom to to, mm-hmm. to do that. You've got uh, Saka or William who can come in from that left hand side. Mm-hmm. You've got a forward with pace who can run from behind. He can break the line. Mm-hmm. You've got Pepe who can come in, he can cut in, he can strike the ball, he can create as well for Aubameyang, uh, and he can also act as like another midfielder. So you have passes, he can come into midfield, you have Sabias as well in that midfield. So you have very good passes of the ball in that space, in that zone where you want your creative players. And I think that would be uh, bring out the best in Tierney, uh, Saka or William, whoever plays on that, and Obamayan. And I think that's more balanced in terms of offensive uh, uh, offensive play. That's how I would do it with the players that we currently yeah. have. Also, um, as well, just to. Uh, also, as well, I'd like to see a lot more of Nelson. I'd like to see more of Smith Rowe. I think those are players yeah. who, uh, in terms of where we are going, those are very uh, important players who could fit in the system. So I think I would give a lot of minutes to them as well. Yeah, um, just to add on to that, um, I want to see a bit more central play. You know, recently we've been focusing a lot on the wings. Yeah. I mean, we, we've been moving the ball forward by just going into the wings and then our play just uh, is stopped and then we have to move back. But if we do progress the play through the middle of the park more, I think it, it, w- it would offer more. And that's what we've been lacking so far. So I think Sabayos playing behind the main striker would offer this, just uh, uh, passing into the channels in midfield, um, opening up the other players from now, maybe bringing in the wide players into uh, maybe narrowing down that midfield. You know, right now we're, we're playing too wide, ha- hugging the, ch- the touchline mm. with Pepe and uh, Saka or Aubameyang, whoever plays on the wings. Um so yeah, I, I do want to see more of uh, the ball progression through the middle because uh, that's what we are lacking most right now because we, we do have good players who can play. So I just want to see them actually do it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So um, we have a game on Thursday. I'm just trying to see... Um, what time will be played? Um, okay. We should be playing at home. Yeah, yeah. we're playing at home against New Dark at 11. At 11? Wow. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, that's Europa League for you. <laughs> um, we're playing at 11. Against Dundalk, and then it is United mm. away on Sunday at seven thirty. So good thing is that we'll be in England; we won't be going anywhere. So that's. Um, uh, yeah. Which team would you like to see on Thursday? That's interesting. Um, who would you like to see play on mm. Thursday? Obviously, I would like to see Saliba because, but he's not in the <laughs> squad, so. Why can't he play? Hasn't he registered with the under-21 team? So can't he still be called? Uh, He's already been at Arsenal basically for over a year. Yeah, but he's not been in England. But he's not been in England, so 
Um, he's not. He's not. He can't play in Europa League. He was not registered either in the A or B squads. Because what you normally do, uh, what they normally do for youngsters, they put them in the B squads uh, mm-hmm. so that uh, they save the A squad for the experienced players. So um, uh-huh. they, he was not. He's not in the A squad or the B squad, so he can't really play until mm-hmm. maybe the knockout stages if we qualify. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, uh, well. So with the with the other defenders injured, we we will see your arch enemy playing in in Mustafi. <laughs> um, at right back, I don't know. Maybe Bellerin will play again. I, I don't know if he will be rested. Oh no, Cedric. Cedric is there. I forgot about him. Cedric will play at right back. Um, Mustafi centre back. Um. Second center back. I don't know. Now we have injuries. So Gabriel sure. again. So I think Gabriel might play again. Um and uh, Maitland Niles maybe. Oh no, Kolasinac is there, so Kolasinac will play. Do you think so it's funny that um, that we've not seen much of um, of of Maitland Niles? No, I, I don't think it is because uh, I think he was there more out of necessity with the lineup that we used to play with the flexible back three, back five. Mm. Um, yeah, so he was there just to offer a bit more in, in terms of the defensive into offensive fluidity. But I think uh, Saka does that role of progressing the play forward a bit better. So I think that's why we've been seeing more of Saka as opposed to Maitland-Niles. I don't think it's uh, surprising for me it isn't, at least. So, yeah, so I do think uh, Saka will be rested this uh, midweek game uh, in, in place. I mean, Maitland-Niles coming in, in place of him. Um, so that's that makes a back five. <laughs> so you think um, we'll revert back to the back three? I think so, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not too sure right now with the way things are going, but uh, I do think so. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Midfield, El Nani. Um, in midfield, El Nani, Shaka again. Shaka has been been rusted for for a few games, so I think he he'll he'll come in. Um, maybe Sebas to to get him a bit of uh, minutes, maybe later on, uh, just to to keep him fresh for the tie against Manu. And then uh, forward, Nketiah um, uh, might play Nelson. I, I do want to see Nelson playing. And mm. um, Pepe, I think, will play. So a mix of uh, experience and youth. So I don't It's Europa League. Uh, it's and it's a group stage, so I'm not really too worried. I would say, uh, whatever yeah. team we pick up, uh, whatever yeah, team I think... we put out, will be okay. Yeah, fair point. Uh, what I was thinking that uh, the team that will be selected on Thursday will point to who we play on Sunday. So I think I was looking at uh, from that point of view, and we. I'll also be interested to see uh, who plays. Uh, I'm just like you. I, I really want to see uh, Nelson play. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't played for a while, so I'd like to see him play. I'd like to see... Um, um, who is this? I'd also like to see a bit of Joe Willock. You know, um, uh, these yeah. uh, Europa League games are the games that he thrives on. Um, he offers an offensive run from midfield, which I what I, I, I like from him. Um, he doesn't really score uh, as much as often as he should uh, when he gets in those positions, but I think he gives you something different. Um, so I'd actually play him instead of Ceballos. But I, uh, if Sabayo started, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind that because I think he was a bit rusty uh, on, against Leicester, and he probably needs the minutes. Um, maybe I give him an hour and then bring Joe on. Uh, that's how I would do it. But more or less, uh, do the same thing. I'd also like to see Ronason, by the way, Ronason. We've seen nothing of him. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if he doesn't play against Dundalk at home. 
I don't think he's going to play <laughs> this season, basically. Um, plus, I think Leno probably needs a rest. Uh, just get him, you know, relaxed and all. But I, I'd, I'd like to see Ronaldson. I'd really like to see him. We're home, playing against a very weak opposition. I'd like to see him play. So him and Nelson, I think those are the ones I'd like to see. Uh, get the boys rested for Sunday because that's going to be a tough game. Uh, we'll probably see what we would, we saw against Leicester, but uh, we're going to have a podcast on that on Friday. So we'll talk about um, the game on Thursday and probably um, what to expect on Sunday. All right, then. Um, just before we close out, um, it's it speaks to how we've been playing that I think uh, Gabriel has been our man of the match again. <laughs> like this this guy has just been immense since since he's been playing for us. Uh, I, I just but, uh, it's disappointing because it's good for him personally but uh, for the for the team it, it just speaks to how bad we've been playing that uh, the defender is is getting all the plaudits yeah i agree i agree yeah i just wanted to say that yeah, yeah um i feel that a lot of our play is defense focused so the defenders yeah. are the ones who inevitably get uh, the praise and as well, I think I think we've had very very bad defenders. So when a defender just does his job, it's normally seen as something good. I, I, I look, I'm not um, because I'm not saying Gabriel has been. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't think he's been exceptional. But what I do, th- what what I do know is that he's been doing things the way it's supposed to be done. You know, he covers his position well. He he. He defends situations in which you'd expect a defender to defend. So he's doing the the things. Uh, I think that um, speaks to where we have been in terms of our defensive qualities. But I think that's to take nothing away from him uh, coming into a league where he's never been, he's never played before. He's think 22, 23 years old to play in week in week out in that sort of consistency uh whatever game that's games that we've seen from him i think is is credit to him so um i'm pleased with that signing yeah yeah so i think uh, that's it yeah, yeah we ended there yeah. Uh, yeah we should well uh anything else to talk about right now so yeah yeah i think um it's time to go shouting our pillows anyway uh thank you uh all the listeners for listening and tuning in uh, to our podcast we really appreciate um uh, your feedback on these issues we thank those who sent in their questions as well thank you to ahmed for joining us today um and we will see you on friday um, and hopefully we'll be talking about a win and looking forward to the Manchester United game. So uh, thank you, guys. Kwaheri. Bye-bye.